Hello, welcome to the Joe Martino Show. As you may have guessed, my name is Joe and I am your host. Today, we're going to talk about the power of words. And this isn't some kind of like, you know, positive self-help, like if you say you're great, you're great. I actually want to talk about that and, and the farce that that is. But I do want to talk about the power of words in relationship. If you've been listening for any amount of time, if you've read any of my stuff that I've written, whether it's my blog or a book or whatever it is, you know that I believe that words create a story in our head. And that story in our head is what actually gives the words meaning, which is where we get to emotions. And I want to talk about how that story builds over time like millions of brushstrokes in our head. The words that are spoken to us, the words that we speak to other people about ourselves, about them, creates this painting, if you will, of a million brushstrokes. This is true with your children. This is true with your spouse. This is true with yourself. This is true with everyone that you're in relationship with. The word you, words that you use are creating brushstrokes. I want to I share a story with you. Actually, I want to share a couple stories with you, to be honest. Uh, the first story that I want to share with you is one that I read on Facebook. Two moms were talking, and they were talking about their children. And one mom talked about how she's trying to get her son to do chores. The second mom gets on and says that she gets her son to do chores by basically giving him a point system. If he doesn't do X amount of chores to earn X amount of points, he doesn't get uh, he doesn't get to do the things that he wants to do, screen time or whatever. And every day, it, it, I mean, I don't know this person, but at least it read like every morning he starts out at zero points, which is fine, I, whatever, if she wants to do that. Where it caught my attention was... She put, of course, he's just like, insert name of father, and he's not very good at it. Oh, well, what are you going to do? LOL. Now, here's the thing. You might be saying, Joe, what are you talking about? That's not painting a story. It absolutely is, because here's the thing I guarantee you. Maybe she's the exception, or if you're sitting there, you're like, well, I would have wrote that on Facebook, and I'd never say that to my child's face. Maybe that's true. But what she's doing when she uses those words is she's painting a picture in at least two people's minds, really three people's minds, and four because I read it, her friend read it, and everybody else read it. But the two people that matter is her husband and her son. And what it is is she's painting a picture that says you're not quite enough. If you don't believe me, seriously, call my office. We'll get you to sign a HIPAA form, and you can come sit in in my sessions for a week. I work with adults all the time who the overriding message in their brain is created from a picture of not being enough because that was all they heard as children. I was talking to a client about, or to a client, to a therapist about one of their clients. They called me for a consult and we were talking about how their client was a perfectionist to the point where they were staying in a college program, degree program, that they weren't really going to excel at, but they just kept going back at it really kind of down on life and and the therapist wasn't sure where to go and I asked the therapist I asked him I said have you asked him which one of his parents was was negative it it tends to be highly negative well no why would I do that because it's and I said well it sounds to me like your client's working out of a paradigm off of a picture of how they're not enough and typically that comes from having a parent who let you know regularly that you weren't enough, that you could have done better, that you could have performed better. A 95 was greeted with, why didn't you get a 97? A 97 was greeted with, why didn't you get a 99? Or, well, when I was in school, I did this. And so the therapist, a little a little skeptical, kind of went back and said, I don't know, I'll go ask. So I you know, followed up with the therapist a few weeks later. And sure enough, dad was one of those people who nothing was ever good enough for. 
And over time, those criticisms created a painting of a million brushstrokes in this other therapist's client's mind, which is what they operated out of. Your words have power. Your words have power to shape how the people around you view themselves. Uh, there is an ancient writer who once wrote that there is life and death in the power of words. There's a lot of truth to that, right? Even people who would say that's a little extreme. Think about, think about the, the story, I think it was in New York, where the girl talked her boyfriend into killing himself. He was, he was debating it and was trying to talk his way out of it, and she basically texted him and, and painted a picture in his head that if he didn't go through with it, he would be some sort of coward because she wanted the attention of being the girl who lost her boyfriend, which is horrific, but it shows the power of words. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you grew up with this. You grew up with a parent who it was just never good enough, or you've been in a marriage where for years, maybe decades, it's just never been good enough. There's a narrative running in your head that jumps right off of a painting, right off of a story in your head, if you will, about how you're just not good enough. No matter what you do, it isn't good enough. If you clean the kitchen, why didn't you scrub the floor? If you clean the kitchen and scrub the floor, why didn't you clean the kitchen, scrub the floor, and do the hall? If you do the hallway, why didn't you clean the kitchen, scrub the floor, do the hallway, and do the laundry? If you cook supper, why didn't you wash the dishes? If you cook supper and wash the dishes, why didn't you do this? If you go on a date, why didn't you do this? If you show up at the game, why didn't you wear this? No matter what it is, it isn't good enough. Uh, in my book, I tell a story about a woman I knew who was literally going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on plastic surgery because her entire life she had been told her only value came from being beautiful. And she was told from her husband that the reason he did terrible things is because she wasn't beautiful enough. If she was prettier, he wouldn't cheat. That's a lie. But it creates a picture in her head. It creates a painting in her head. It creates a story in her head that runs. This is the power of words. It creates a painting in our head, and that painting creates the voice that runs in our head. It feeds the voice that runs in our head that tells us what we are and what we're not. And the truth is, for most of us, that voice doesn't need a lot of help. We already start out questioning ourselves. We already start out wondering, am I enough? We already, In fact, we already start out actually not even questioning. Most of us believe we're not enough. If, if whatever it is that happens, we're just not going to be able to do it. I meet so many mothers who are just terrified. They're going to ruin their kids because they gave them the wrong food for lunch. Now take that base. They're already terrified they're going to ruin their child because they gave them the wrong macaroni for lunch. And throw in a mom or a dad or a husband that is constantly pointing out what they're doing wrong. That guarantees to set up trouble. It guarantees to feed a monster. And I think we know this is instinctively true. It's one of the reasons we've had the self-esteem movement where we've just kind of called whatever good. Whatever's good enough. Whatever you try is good. Whatever you do is good. Everything is good. We just we, we only ever say positive things. If a person isn't awesome, we can still say they're awesome because that'll help them feel awesome and then they'll eventually be awesome. That isn't actually how it works. Um, I talked about in episode 27 regarding how we form our self-view, our self-esteem, all of those things. What brings this to mind for me is as I was driving into work, uh, actually this very morning, I was listening to the radio and it was, a, it was a parenting show and someone called in and talked about how they only compliment the positives. They only talk about the positives in their house. 
And I, I'd have some questions for this mom that called in, but she was talking about how great it worked. She had four children, and one of the children used to really bother her because he wouldn't eat his breakfast or wouldn't eat supper. I don't remember now. And so she just stopped uh, looking at it and talking about that, and she just talked about her other kids and how great it was that they ate. When your children are young, that'll work, right? Because the kid wants praise. Long term, though, there's probably some concerns with that. I was just talking to a, a manager today uh, of a local business who's, who asked me, he's like, I don't know how to hold younger employees accountable without them just flipping out. And part of it is, and I don't know that this is just that generation, I think it probably goes across a lot of generations, but part of that is they haven't had to face criticism most of their life. Most of their life, they've just been positively affirmed no matter what happened. If they gave C work, they're given to be great inflation. Look it up. It's one of the most interesting things in the world. It's one of the reasons I believe grades are pretty much just made up. I don't even care what, what the subject is. And so one of the things that we have to do with our words is we have to speak truth kindly. We have to speak truth kindly. We have to call out behaviors that need to change. Now, maybe not when they're younger, right? Now, like I said, but what I do know that the, the, the host of that radio show went on to talk about how we should only tell our kids positive things about themselves. Well, what about when your kid's doing something that isn't positive? One of the rules of conversation that my wife and I fervently try to live by is we deal with the issue, not the person, because words have power. So it's not you are, it's you did. Here's the problem with that. And when we say you are statements, we talk about who they are, right? And, and that's where positivity needs to come in. And yet at the same time, we have to focus on the reality that our kids do things they shouldn't do. Our, our spouse is going to do things that we don't like. And we can deal with those in a way that is still beneficial to the listener. Everything that we say should be beneficial to the listener. It should help them be a better version of themselves. It should help them become better. And sometimes the thing that helps us become better is negative. If I'm not doing something that my wife needs me to do in order to be good, a better husband to her, she needs to tell me. And it's okay if she says, hey, you're not doing this very well. If my kids are mailing it in at school and not giving it a very good effort, it's okay for me to tell them your effort isn't up to par. It's not okay for me to attack them. We, we call this the issues, not people rule around our house. It's in the book as well. But there be, the, the reason behind this is because there's these power in words that will literally feed your soul. Now I want to tell you another story. I had had a long day, really long. All sorts of fires that had to be put out. I get a text well, I feel my phone vibrate that I have a text. I look and it's from a friend of mine who says, I just want you to know I think you're a good friend and a good guy. Those are life-giving words. In the moment of crisis, those are life-giving words. That's the power of words, right? Because what it does is it changes the day. When you start to get those brushstrokes, hey, you're not perfect, right? You're not God's gift to the world, but you're doing good things. You're working hard. I appreciate that. Thank you. You did a good job there. Thank you. Your children should know unconditional love through your words, not just your actions, your words. Well, my love language is actions. Hogwash, absolute hogwash. So here's how this works with kids, and then we'll talk about spouses and friends. How it works with kids is 
you don't they're not bad they do things that you disagree with but even that you can tell them hey you should do this like you can tell them the behavior they want now we're talking little kids here right so little kids we, we want you to do this behavior we want you to do this we honestly call out their effort level you can honestly call out their behaviors but you have to address them with kindness truth and kindness with words that edify them that build them up that help them become better humans that teaches them that people make mistakes but mistakes don't define us. Give your kids the gift of knowing that life, when truly lived, will have mistakes. But mistakes don't have to define us. We can learn from them. We can move on. And I honestly think the two key messages to your children should be that they are unconditionally loved and that their performance doesn't affect your love for them. No matter what they do, you still love them. They cannot do anything to cause you to love them more or to love them less. And this should come from your words and your actions. Both. And the thing of it is, is I think we, we know this, right? Like if I have this conversation with people, people always tell me, well, I agree. But then if we do an audit of their behaviors, their behaviors don't communicate that to their children. And make no mistake about it, how you talk to your children is one of your behaviors. Now let's talk about spouses. It's the same thing. Can you give your spouse legitimate, honest praise? Then you should. Can you give your spouse legitimate, honest gratitude? Then you should. Well, what are you saying? I have to thank her for doing the dishes? Yeah. What are you saying? I have to thank her for cooking? Yes. I have to thank her for picking up the kids? Yes. Because they're your kids too. Let me tell you another story. I was talking one time with a couple and one of the husband's complaints was that the wife did not appreciate when he would do things that she asked him to do. And she denied it. And so I don't live with them. You know, I always tell clients, I don't live with you. Uh, for whatever reason, I wasn't able to get cameras and recording devices up at your house. That's a joke. We don't actually do that. Super Nanny does that on ABC, but we don't do that in real life. Uh, so we're talking and they come in, you know, week after week we're doing therapy. And one week he comes in and he's very excited. And he talks about how he did something at work. I mean, specifically, like she told him to do it. Almost down to using the words that she told him to use. And I have to be honest, I was sitting there and I was thinking, okay, she's going to be, you know, hey, that was a good job. Instead, she immediately leads with, well, what did you do in this other situation? Totally discounting what he had done in the situation that she wanted him to, you know, that he had done where, she, what, where he had done what she wanted him to do. Wow, imagine if I could talk. I'm not going to edit that out because I want you to know that I'm as human as anybody else. Uh, actually, if you've been listening to this for any amount of time, you know that I'm as human as anyone else. Uh we underestimate, I can't believe I'm saying, uh, like that. So we'll stop that right now. We underestimate the power of gratitude. We underestimate the power of thankfulness. We underestimate the power that a, hey, you did a good job here has on the people we love. We underestimate how frequently we need to tell the people that we are in relationship with, that we care about them, that we like them, that we're fighting for them. Fight for your spouse with your words. Words have power. Don't underestimate that. The other thing is, we've got no guarantees about tomorrow. Heck, I'm going to leave here in a few minutes and drive about 20 minutes. I got no guarantees I'm coming home. I promise you, I'm going to say goodbye to my wife and my son, because they're the only two that are here right now, and tell them that I love them. I'm going to make it a mission to make sure my wife knows things that I appreciate about her today. You need to do this for your spouse. Not because I do it. I do it because we all need to do it. Every one of us should be using our words 
to let our spouse know that we love them, to build our spouse up. Earlier, I used the word edify. That's an old English word, which just means that it's beneficial to the person you're talking to. It's building them up. Just survey your friends. Raise your own hand if you don't have a whirlwind of negativity running through your head about who you are. How many of your friends don't have some sort of whirlwind of negativity running through their head about what they are and what they're not? And sometimes when you hear those things, you're like, wait, what? You struggle with that? Let's talk about my wife for a minute. Uh, Don't tell her. Actually, I just went and asked her if I could use her name. (laughs) So my wife was told her whole life she was dumb. One of her math teachers told her that they were going to pass her just because they didn't know how to help her. Uh, She had a woman in college who was the dean of women. This is is a hard story for me because I get angry even now when I think about it 20 years later. Who told her that test anxiety wasn't real and it was just an excuse for lazy people. Her whole life. So we get married and she thinks that, you know, hey, this is just kind of what I am. I'm dumb. Which is the craziest thing in the world. If you've ever met my wife, she's brilliant. And I'm not just saying that because I'm her husband. Uh, When we were early in our marriage, first couple years, somebody came and offered her a job to run a fitness center that was just a closet. It was just just literally a closet. And she turned that into multiple fitness centers. uh, Won awards in in a, you know, a national company. She's brilliant. But the narrative that ran through her head was, you're just never going to be that smart. And now, 20 years later, she's got her bachelor's degree in business, graduating summa summa something, something, something. She's got her master's degree in counseling, and she runs our business. Businesses. She's brilliant. And what changed was, when those people came and offered her that uh, position... She was like, I don't know if I should take it. And I remember thinking, what in the world are you talking about? Take the job. It's like four times what the, the school that you're working at is paying you. I think they were paying her about $1.20 an hour, four grand for the school year to be a teacher's assistant. And uh, I was like, go take the job. The, the $4,000 a year job will take you back. No, nobody's lining up to take that. Go take the, the, the fitness job and, and see how it goes. And she killed it. She knocked it out of the park. But one of the things that we have to run through is her narrative. And so literally, we talk about it. What's the narrative in your head? What's the narrative in your head? But you know, that's not enough. You know how you actually combat the narrative in your head? She needs to be surrounded by people who remind her of who she really is. That's the power of your words with your children, with your spouse, with everyone in your life. Just asking them, well, what's going on in your head? Or just occasionally being like, oh yeah, hey, you're cool. That isn't enough. I appreciate this about you. You do this well. You're smart. You're good. You're doing a good job as a mom. And I want to point out something. If you're married, it's okay to thank your spouse for the things, and here's air quotes, the things that they're supposed to do, air quotes. It's okay to say to your wife, I appreciate that you get up and go to work every day. I appreciate that you stay home every day. It's okay to say to your husband, I appreciate that you get up and go to work every day. I appreciate that you stay home every day. Whatever it is, it's okay to tell them that you appreciate that. It's okay for you to tell your wife that you think she's beautiful. It's okay for you to tell your daughters that you think she's, they're beautiful. There is this movement 
that like you can't tell your daughters that they're both smart and beautiful. That's stupid. It's moronic and it's killing our society. Sorry, I'm getting a little fired up about that. But it just, you can tell your daughters both and you should. Dads, here's the scariest thing that you need to consider. You're teaching your daughters the kind of man they should look for in a husband by how you treat them and how you treat their mother with your words. Moms, you're teaching your sons how they should treat their wives by how you let them treat you, the words they use. Yeah, they'll, they'll watch dad, and if dad is a jerk and he is emotionally or verbally abusive, they, they have a higher chance of that, but actually not much higher. They have a much higher chance of doing things that are that they do to you, right? So so if they treat you well, there's a really good chance they'll treat their wife well. If they treat you poorly, there's a really good chance they'll treat their wife poorly. Words matter. Teach your kids to use good words. Teach your kids to use words that build other people's up. Teach your kids to use words that help other people. Are you a person who's constantly telling your friends, hey, I appreciate this about you. I appreciate that about you. I got to tell you, I'm not there yet. I wish I was. I have some people that I purposely seek out, that I purposely tell, hey, I appreciate this about you. I appreciate that about you. But I need to get better. And my suspicion is, so do most of the people listening to this podcast. Not all of you. Some of you are probably really good at it. But my suspicion is that most of us in society need to get better at this. And if you're like me, I think it ebbs and flows. I think it's because we get tired, we get busy. A lot of good things are going on. And sometimes we just, we get so caught up in our own pain, our own discomfort. You know, I have a friend who lost his daughter, his adult daughter, uh, who was also a friend of mine, six months ago. A little, a little bit longer than that. Yeah, six months. Her, her wedding anniversary is coming up in a few weeks. I don't, I don't really know what to say to him. I don't. I don't ever know what to say to him. I ran into it to his wife, who's also a friend, this weekend. And so I just try to listen. But I also try to send him a text pretty regularly, like, hey, man, thinking about you, praying, about, praying for you, appreciate you. I don't know. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it helps, maybe. Sometimes it doesn't. But the thing of it is, is our words may not change any moods in the moment, but they will create a, a layer of a painting, of a story, and it will, it will be the best chance that we have to overcome the story, the painting that is put in our heads from when we're children, from when we're growing up. It's the best chance we have to overcome the narrative that's currently running in most people's heads that's negative, and that includes almost everyone you love. So if you're not married, this doesn't, like, you're still on the hook here. You have friends, you have people you care about, you have best friends, you have family. Share words of affirmation with them. Use words that build them up. Sometimes those words will be negative. There's no doubt about that. Sometimes their words will be like, hey, you did this and that hurt. But don't forget that your, wor- your, your speech should be peppered, should be well-seasoned with words of affirmation. When I got that text that said, hey, you're a good friend, I cannot tell you how much that meant. Literally days later, it's running through my head, creating positive feelings, adding brushstrokes to the painting that runs in my head about who I am and what I am. This is the power of our words. When I graduated my master's program, uh, one of the professors, the, the, the department chair, walked up and he pointed his finger in my chest and he said, I expect great things from you. Now, maybe he tells that to everybody. I don't know. But it's one of the few times in my life where somebody who wasn't like related to me said, hey, I have high expectations for you. Not just high expectations, but great expectations. That motivates me. In college, 20 some years ago, Uh, My wife had a professor tell her she should break up with me because I'd never amount to much. That motivates me. Two different ways. 
The one that's the positive expectation has so much more benefit to it. So much more benefit. Your words matter. Use them judiciously. Protect the ones you love. Use your words to build people up. Use your words to build those you love up. Understand every time you talk, you're painting a picture in that person's mind. And when you talk to other people about that person, you're painting a picture in their mind. All right, that's going to end today. I actually have a great question from Amy in Grand Rapids who writes in to tell me that she disagrees with something I said, which is awesome. Uh, But we will answer that next week so that I can give her question the full amount of time that it warrants. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. Give us a rating on the iTunes store. And if you have a question for a future show, feel free to send us an email at info at joemartino.com. You can also go to joemartino.com and click on the Contact Me page. Until next time, remember, change possible.